join me in prayer, please? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to come and enjoy such great music, and in particular, the words behind the music. And God, I pray that as we prepare ourselves and we are in the midst of worship, that we would try to move all of the other things that might cloud our mind to the side. And for this moment, in this time, in this season, that God, we would concentrate upon you. We would ask for your presence to be made known. We thank you for the power of your spirit who lives inside of us. And God, we ask that you would help us to listen, to respond to him as we sing today, as we pray, as we see ministry unfold, as we look at your word, that through every aspect of this worship, you will be glorified, will be encouraged, and Father, prepared to take the next step this week as we encounter many people. And God, I pray through it all, you will shine through us. Help us to experience you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. We thank you so much for being here today. And if this is your first time or you've never filled out one of our guest cards, we'd love for you to take the, the card from the pew in front of you, fill it out in its entirety. When you leave today, just put it in one of the offering boxes. We would certainly appreciate that. We uh, so enjoy this time of year and the ministries and the partnerships that we have with uh, four new church plants within just the last two or three years with other ministries and refugee ministries, uh, uh, the Set Free Ministries, where we come both with men and women to, to help uh, financially to get them off the streets into a discipleship program and move on into, uh, into a, a workforce to continue to live for the glory of God. Uh, there are other ministries like the New Pregnancy Center that we, uh, that we are engaged in. This morning, I want you to see a video clip from one of the churches that we have partnered with. In fact, from the ground level, uh, just about three and a half years ago, Asante, and we get a video uh, update ever so often. I want you to watch and hear what's going on because God continues to use that church just a few miles from us, a place called Asante. So watch this video. Know that you are engaged and involved in these ministries in this season of our life, we're reaching a good portion into the, uh, into the region that God has placed us. Let's see what Alex has to say. Hey, church family. Alex Dennis here, Asante Church in Surprise, Arizona. Just want to give you a quick update on everything that's been happening at the end of the year in 2022 and here at the beginning of 23. Uh, as you know, we had Jingle Jam and many of you went above and beyond in your support for our church and able to help us pull that event off financially. So thank you for that. Due to your support, we were able to have a lot of things that the community was uh, excited about, a lot of attractional things. We were able to get snow inside the cafeteria of the school that we rent for that event. That was certainly a draw. We were able to get a train to take kids around the campus in the parking lot. Um, we were able to get bounce houses because of another one of our partner church plants. And really all the way around, we were able to really pull off an awesome event 
in order to get the people in our community in the front doors of what we use as a church building every Sunday. And it worked. We had around 400 people visit us throughout Jingle Jam. We had 10 new families that we had had zero previous contact with. And the coolest part, it wasn't the events, it wasn't the attractional side of it, the coolest part of it was we were able to integrate within the event the gospel story. And so we had a light maze, it shared the birth of Jesus, and then at the end they got a packet, or they got some M&Ms with a gospel message on it. So each family got the gospel in writing. Not only that, we were able to share it from the stage, and after we shared the gospel, we were able to invite each one of those families to join us for church on Sunday morning. Then we went into that, or we came out of Jingle Jam, going into what was going to be our second birthday party. Uh, because we rent the school, we weren't able to have service at the school on January 1st because that's a national holiday. So we were going to have service in the park. And again, so many of you went above and beyond in your support for us to be able to do that. Unfortunately, that got rained out. And so instead of having a birthday party at the beginning of the year to celebrate all that God's done in the two years of our having worship together as a church, instead what we are going to do is here at the end of the month to promote group life, um, gearing back up for another semester of home groups, we're going to throw a celebration for that. We're gonna have a coffee truck come out, we're gonna have a couple food trucks come out, and we're really going to celebrate all that God has done in the life of Asante Church over the past two years, but also everything that he's doing to create community to discover true life in Jesus in this next year ahead of us, not just in worship, but in group life as well. So church family, thank you so much for your love, your support. Thank you for your prayer for us. Thank you for backing us up financially so that we can meet the needs in our community to build community and through that community, introduce them to their biggest need, which is the gospel. We could not do this without you. We wouldn't want to do this without you. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. What an exciting update, right? Stand if you would as we sing together, tell it, tell it out with gladness.
continue to sing, <coughs> share his love. The love of God is broader than this vast expanse. deeper and wider than the sea. Love reaches out to all to bring
Please pray with me. Oh, Father, we're so grateful for this beautiful Sabbath day you provided, for the opportunity to come and worship you. Father, so often what's in our heart cannot be expressed by words. I just pray that you would hear our hearts, Lord. You'll hear the joy, hear the gratitude, hear the pain, hear the suffering, hear the loneliness, Lord. Just ask that you would satisfy our longing for you. Father, I ask that you would be with Dr. Kennedy as he brings your words. I pray that those words are, will feed us and heal us. Help us to walk beside you, Lord, each and every day. We're so grateful for your presence. May we always stay in your will. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Psalms 145, verse 1 reads, I exalt you, Lord, and I praise your name forever. <coughs> Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. So glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death to me from the cross to the grave.
Good morning. Our scripture reading for this morning is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Please enjoy the sharing of the scripture. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. We are blessed by the reading of this scripture, for these are the word of our Lord. song that I'm singing is uh, an old song. I'm an old guy. <laughs> but the message never gets old. tell the world that I'm a Christian I'm not ashamed his name to bear I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian I'll take him with me anywhere I'll tell the world how Jesus saved me and how he gave me a life brand new and I know that if I trust him that all he gave me he'll give to you I'll tell the world that I'm his Savior, that he's my Savior. No other one could save me so. My life, my all, are his forever. 
and where he leads me, I will go. I'll tell the world that he is coming. It may be near or far away, but we must live as if his coming would be tomorrow. Or today, for when he comes and life is over, it may be just, it may be for the love he gives. Life he has would never wander, but he prepares them for you and me. That you're a Christian Be not ashamed His name to bear Oh, tell the world That you're a Christian And take him with you Every Paul, thank you so much. We've talked about the joy of the journey. We've talked about the love of the journey. Got to have the love of the journey in order to have the joy, the journey that God has given us. This morning, I want to continue our series on joy for the journey. Brenda read Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. This morning, the call for the journey. You know, to, um, to get through the struggles and the trials of life, whatever they might be for each one of us, we have to have some motivation, some drive, some determination, some purpose that gets us through those difficult times. The Apostle Paul gives us a marvelous recipe to get us through those times it has to do with the call I'm not going to ask how many of you have been imprisoned before but I do want you to know the Apostle Paul was imprisoned as he wrote this book that would have caused many people to become bitter 
to give up or to blame God. Because here is an innocent man. His only crime is he is communicating the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet he has been imprisoned. Paul didn't see that as a negative. What he saw was an opportunity that God was given him to communicate the gospel in a place he could have never penetrated before. And I think that is true for us as well. We are called to be followers of Jesus Christ. And because we're his followers, sometimes we have this thought in our mind and our heart that everything should just go smoothly. That if we're being obedient to God, then God should protect us from all the difficulties of life, or at least make it a little more smooth. And so when something happens to us, it might be a a health emergency, it might be a, a financial setback, it may be a broken relationship of some kind, and we say, wait a second, God, I have been obedient to you, but here I am facing this insurmountable circumstance. I do believe that the more faithfully that we follow Christ, the more difficulties probably will come our way. There's something about being a faithful, obedient, (coughs) and um, vocal follower of Christ that puts a larger target. You see, we're in a spiritual battle. And so there are difficult times. And in those difficult times as we're being obedient, Satan's going to do everything he can to put us to the sideline. I'm sure that is what he was thinking with the Apostle Paul in prison. Get him out of the way. He can no longer follow his missionary journey or journeys. can no longer establish churches. He's out of the way. But Paul's response to the adverse situations of life created incredible opportunities to share his faith. And so when those difficult times come for us, no matter what they are, I think it gives us the ability to do the same. To look at those opportunities, those circumstances, as dire as they might be, and say, okay, how can God use me in this situation to minister and to communicate God's love? Rather than become embittered to give up or to turn to God to say, God, why did you do this to me? So Paul says the call to journey, the call for the journey, the journey is living life, and the call is to live it for Christ Jesus. He says, you bring me joy, and my joy in life is you. And the reason is because I love you, and I want that love to abound more in you. And then he says, as you go through life, this call is going to be the motivation, the purpose that's going to drive you no matter what circumstances. So we find that the call of the journey will give us the ability to share Christ. After pointing out to the uh, church at Philippi that he had focused prayer for him, He then turned to his own situation in verse 12, and he instructs them and encourages them. He says, now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. 
he uses that term, I want you to know. That, that term want is a, a purpose statement. It's his desire. It is a determined will to say, I want you to understand. I want you to hear me clearly. I have this desire to tell you what's going on in my life right now. And so Paul shares that determination. He says, I want you to know that has the idea of realize. I want you to know the realization of what's happening to me. That word has a, uh, a definition to acquire knowledge by experience. Paul said, I, I want you as a church of Philippi that I'm writing because I know you're going through difficult times as a church. And I want you to know by my experience what God is doing here with me because it will be an encouragement to you. Have you ever tried to share from your experience training or teaching your kids? Said, you know what, my experience tells me that you know it'd be better if you didn't do this or do that. Is it received well? Maybe yours is. <laughs> but you know, as teenagers, most of us, we didn't want to hear our parents' advice, did we? And our kids probably didn't want to hear it as much. Why? Because they said, ah, that's for you. I want to experience it myself. As adults, and as we go through the seasons part of life, we come to realize more and more that, that the experience of those who have gone before us are very valuable to us. Paul was writing to these believers who had come out of paganism into Christianity. They were Gentiles, and he was trying to say, listen, I, I want you to understand as new believers in Christ exactly what's happening to me. I want to share my experience because I believe that it will help you. And his prayer above all prayer is that they would be listening. He said, what has happened to me, literally the things that are dominating me right now, my life situation right now, is not the most pleasant but let me tell you the good news you know I believe that things either come directly from God or they reach us from some other source by the permissive will of God and right then the things that dominated Paul's life they were connected with his imprisonment he says listen that the things that are happening to me right now my life focus right now what I'm going through right now, I want you to know the experiences that I have. Here at the church at Philippi, they were thinking that Paul's ministry had been curtailed by his imprisonment. He was one that was vocal concerning Christ. He would go from place to place with others helping him to plant churches and to communicate the gospel. And so he was making great headway. And now he was imprisoned. And so the church at Philippi said, oh my goodness gracious, he is imprisoned. He no longer is able to accomplish the call for the journey that God had given him. And Paul wants to instruct them to say, no, let me tell you, the reverse is actually the reality. He says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Who would have thought that? That word served comes, uh, it has, means comes as a result, the result of my imprisonment. What I am, am, am having to do here, imprisoned under house arrest, constantly under observation, 
it has actually advanced the gospel. And I'm, if we were to stop there, we'd say, how? How, how does the plan... The call that God has given you to proclaim the gospel, to be the ambassador of the gospel to the Gentile world, and you were off doing that, and you were winning people to Christ, you were planting churches, and all of a sudden now you're stopped. <coughs> How does that advance the gospel? Well, that's what he said. It's an interesting phrase, advance the gospel. It means cutting forward progress. The word is thought to have been used of an army of pioneer cutters who would go before the regular army into dense forest. Using their skills, they would cut down trees and put a road in place so that the regular army could go through the dense forest into areas and regions they would have never been able to go through before. Paul wanted the church at Philippi to know that his circumstances not only has failed to curtail his, uh, uh, his gospel, his missionary work, his missionary journeys, but rather it has advanced it. He said, my, my imprisonment has actually cut the way, a new direction, a new way for me to communicate the gospel in a place I would have never been able to before. So Paul was stating that the call for the journey gives you the ability to share Christ no matter what your circumstances are. And I think that's very important to understand because as we, as we look forward, as we accomplish the desires of God and we are sidelined, we're put off track, whether it be by some health issue or some other issue that I have already spoken of, what brings us to the place is to say, look what Paul did. Paul's example shows us very, very clearly that we should be the ones to say, no matter what the circumstances, we can communicate the gospel of Christ. Some of you, over the years that I've been here, have shared that you've been in the hospital, you've been in a difficult circumstance, and God has used you to encourage and to share the gospel with the nurses and the doctors that you have encountered. And I tell you what, that, that's exactly what Paul's trying to get across. You didn't ask for that. That wasn't part of your plan. But you turned that circumstance around so that you would be able to share the gospel of Christ. To encourage somebody that you never thought that you would be able to encourage. Secondly, I think the call for the journey encourages us encourages others to share the gospel verse 14 says because of my chains most of the brothers in the lord have been encouraged to speak the word of god more courageously persecution under the emperor nero in rome had pretty much silenced the open proclamation of the gospel of christ in the first century but now we find that through Paul's imprisonment and through his willingness even in the midst of imprisonment to communicate the gospel in the adverse circumstance he still proclaimed the gospel of Christ and it encouraged others 
in Rome, believers in Rome, to say, wait, if Paul can do that even in prison, why can't we share the gospel of Christ ourselves? He says, because of my change, most of the brothers, it wasn't a few. He says, most of the brothers, they were preaching the gospel. In other words, here Satan was trying to, to bring an end to the gospel, not let it penetrate the very heart of the Roman Empire in Rome. And he'd pretty much silenced it. But then Paul was imprisoned. He started proclaiming the gospel. He was encouraged to do that. He saw the circumstances not as adverse, but rather this is a new opportunity God's given me. And so I'm going to do everything I possibly can to let people know about Jesus. And it was such an encouragement to others. The Bible says that these new believers, most of the brothers, that it gave them confidence Confidence to go and to share Christ in the region of Rome, which is the most difficult, because that's where most of the persecutions took place, was in the region around Rome. And he said they, they proclaimed the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It's hard for us to have that kind of concept here in America, because we can freely go anywhere and preach the gospel. But if you were to go to a... Uh, um, a communist country, a country that uh, even in the realm of, of socialism that has made the proclaiming of the gospel and calling people sinners as hate language, all of a sudden you'd take on a different concept because then you would understand that, that proclaiming the gospel fearlessly and boldly could land you in prison yourself. No wonder they were silent. But when they saw Paul imprisoned, and he was still willing to proclaim the gospel, it encouraged them, it inspired them. And most of them, it says, courageously and fearlessly proclaimed the gospel. When I think of those words, all of a sudden more words flash across my mind, abundantly, uh, confidently, passionately. This is where they were. They saw what Paul was going on. They said, listen, we need, we have the gospel, the power of God's spirit inside of us. And so we ourselves should go and proclaim. These believers had been persuaded by Paul's example. Here's fearlessness. I think about Pentecost. The disciples had locked themselves into the upper room they were afraid Jesus had just been crucified they thought they were probably next on the list of those to round up and they were scared to death but at that point the Spirit of God came upon them like tongues as of fire and all of a sudden everything changed all of a sudden what's happened is now they were bold in proclaiming the gospel. Peter and the other disciples went out and they began to share with the large crowd that had come. What, what changed from being locked behind the, the door to coming and sharing the gospel when they knew that they were marked men? What changed is because of the power of the Spirit of God. Because 
when the Spirit of God who lives inside of us, when we allow Him to take charge of our lives, and, and, and we allow Him to give us that kind of boldness, and we no longer are bound by fear, paralyzed by concern for our own well-being, we come to a place where we're willing to be used of God under any circumstance. And that's exactly what happened to these. <coughs> this boldness, I think, uh, is seen in a caricature that was on a wall, dates back to the first century there in Rome. And there on that caricature, you have into the stone the cross of Christ with Christ on it with the donkey's head. And then you had to the left what looks like a person who is kneeling down in worship and the words underneath said, Alexiomonas worships God. This in the middle of the persecution is where this is dated back to. There were those because people were proclaiming the gospel not proclaiming caesar who was the religion of that day he was the god of the religion but they came to worship god and god alone you see what happens when people get passionate about sharing christ our music today focused on sharing jesus christ proclaiming him sharing the good news everywhere that you go why do we do that because that's the commission god has given us Paul understood that he did it wherever he was and in whatever circumstance. He inspired others to come out of the woodwork to courageously and boldly proclaim the gospel. And many came to know Christ in the region of Rome. What we need <clears throat> is to become more passionate, even in this season of our life, when normally we try to just tread water. God will put us in circumstances and places where we have the opportunity to touch people who don't know Christ. People who find themselves in need and we can come beside them and help them. We've got to take what the scripture says. We've got to allow the spirit who lives inside of us to empower us to touch those people with the sole purpose of helping them here and helping them for eternity. That's what the Apostle Paul was striving to do. He said in the latter part of verse five, uh, 15 and going into 16 that many preach the gospel out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. It's kind of a good word that he uses here. It says uh, goodwill. He's talking about good motives. He says there are numbers of people out there that are preaching the gospel out of pure motives they they desire to communicate christ this group of uh, goodwill believers they were gentile converts these believers were friends of paul they were here to focus upon communicating the gospel of christ because he they knew paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel so now they were going to go and preach the gospel their motive was love that was the term agape that we used last week. They understood that Paul was put into prison because he was communicating or making a defense of the gospel. The idea is 
that Paul was destined, he was appointed by God to communicate the gospel, to give a verbal defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That term is a judicial term. It, it, it's, as I said before in a previous sermon, it has the idea of an attorney talking or defending his client. The Apostle Paul is sitting here defending the gospel of Jesus Christ, meaning that he's given a defense of it, why it's real, why it's important, why a person needs to give their life to Christ. It's interesting, though, there's a change in verse 15 and 16. He did refer to some who preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, selfish ambition, and not sincerely. So <clears throat> there were a lot of people preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. He said some are doing it out of goodwill, the very love of communicating the gospel to others. He said now some are communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they're doing it out of envy and rivalry, selfish ambition, and not sincerely. Who was he talking to about? Most likely the Judaizers. You see, the Judaizers were Jews who were teaching the Gentiles that the only way to enter Christianity was through the gate of Judaism. They had to go through the law and then accept Christ rather than just accepting Christ. So that's what they were striving to teach. They preached Christ, but the real object was to gain adherence to the law. They wanted more Gentile believers to come to their understanding of what a Christian was, and that was you accept Christ, but you follow the the law of the Old Testament. That's legalism. They valued success not as triumph over paganism, but as triumph over Paul, because Paul was preaching liberty in Christ. He was talking about freedom in Christ, that you're free from the law. You are now embracing the grace of God. And that is what guides your life, not law, not legalism. And they also were striving to making his, his prison life more acute, the sufferings in it, and intense, because they thought that might bring jealousy in his heart, which would create a problem in his leadership. And the reality was the Judaizers were jealous of Paul because he was preaching the gospel of freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus. And it was Christ alone it's not Christ and something else. He says they proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. That has an idea of self-seeking or a selfish spirit. When we com communicate the gospel to others, when we move to that level of allowing Christ to use us, it needs to be with pure motives. These individuals were preaching out of selfish ambition. They were preaching... He says, not sincerely, talking about impure motives. In fact, he says in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. So even in those days, there was this conflict going on. And Paul was addressing the church at Philippi, said, listen, I want you to know that that what has happened to me has allowed me a new path to communicate the gospel. It's inspired others to communicate the gospel, but some are doing it out of goodwill, pure motives, love. Others are doing it for other reasons, and some of those reasons are to give me a hard time, to discourage me, to try to paint me as a, as a bad person. 
The Judaizers chose this course, Paul says, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am chained. Impure motives. When we communicate the gospel, when we live out the gospel, when we live our call for the journey, as we're living our Christian life, we need to make sure that everything we're doing within Bible study and ministry within the church in our prayer time, everything we're doing is not out of selfish motives. It's, it's sincere. It is true. It's from the heart. It's love. It's empowered by the Spirit of God. That's what his desire is. So how could Paul approve of their preaching Christ with these kinds of motives? You see, there's a moral contradiction between selfish ambition and preaching Christ. And he says, but at least they were preaching Christ, and it did advance the gospel. That is so hard. But what Paul is trying to say is, you know, the power of God's Spirit working in the lives of others can use all kinds of means for someone to hear the gospel as long as the gospel is being preached. He is highlighting how important the gospel is to change the life of people. Even if sometimes our motives aren't the very best. He says it's the gospel of Christ that brings freedom. There are those today that bring sometimes those same kinds of impure motives into or incorrect doctrinal understanding into the preaching of the gospel Paul was saying listen no matter what these individuals will have to deal with with God on the other side but at least they're preaching the gospel there are some today that preach Christ but say well but you have to be baptized in order to be saved there are some that say that preach Christ. Let's say you have to have the gift of the second blessing, uh, an external way of, of showing that you have your faith in Christ. Some preach the prosperity gospel and say this is the way that it has to be. And each of those are incorrect. It is Christ alone. There is not a secondary aspect. There is not a add-on. It is Christ alone. That's what Paul wanted the Philippians to understand. It's what he wants us to understand. There is no second step to take. Paul said in verse 18, but what does it matter? The important thing is, in every way, whether false motives or true, Christ is preached. Take that to heart. What does it matter? Selfish motives, false motives are true, but Christ is preached. The name of Christ, the gospel, and he says, because of this I rejoice. So Paul is trying to get the Philippians to understand, listen, uh, the situation I'm in has provided great opportunity for me to share Christ with others. And I want you to also understand that because of the journey, the call of the journey I'm on right now, that I continue to preach the gospel, but others have seen that, and now more people are communicating the gospel. And so there's this effect of moving forward as the body of Christ. Imprisonment has not created that issue. 
And we find third that Paul says the, the call for the journey will result in people coming to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. So Paul's imprisonment and his defense of the gospel brought people into the kingdom of God. It changed their life for eternity. If you look at verse 13, it says, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. What were the results of Paul's mission in prison? The whole palace guard now understands that Paul is in prison because of his faith in Christ. The whole palace guard refers to the Praetorian Guard, which were the elite troops of the Roman Empire, could also refer to their headquarters. Their original group was about 10,000 hand-picked soldiers. They were concentrated in Rome by the Emperor Tiberius. They had double pay, they had special privileges, and they had become so powerful that the emperors had to court their favor. Guess what? Paul had the ability to have contact with these guards because of his circumstance. The Greek scholar Kenneth Wiest described the scene this way. I want you to think about it. Here's a man who was planting churches along the way. Because he preached the gospel, he was imprisoned and how God provided a wide open door. He said, and I quote, Paul had been living in his own rented quarters near the barracks, guarded by soldiers 24 hours a day. He lived for two years with a Roman soldier chained to his wrist. As different soldiers would take their turn guarding Paul, they would hear the conversations full of the gospel and of the savior of sinners. They would hear the apostle pray, and they would listen as he dictated later letters that he wrote. The noble prisoner would talk to them about their souls, talking in common international Greek, common in those days. Thus the gospel went through the barracks of the Roman soldiers, a place where it would not have gone if Paul had not been a prisoner there. You think that if Paul on one of his missionary journeys went and knocked on the barracks door, of the Roman soldiers say, hey, I, I have good news for you that they would have opened the door. But God orchestrated this process of his imprisonment. And for two years, he spoke the gospel. He prayed the gospel. He wrote letters to churches. And they were all engaged until he says, the whole palace guard knows why I'm here. And there was a whole segment that came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Christianity spread in the region of Rome exponentially. He was committed to the call for the journey, no matter what. Whatever circumstance or things passed his way, no matter what it was. You remember he was stoned and left for dead i think three times if my memory is correct he was imprisoned multiple times shipwrecked twice left to die and he says listen it doesn't matter because whatever circumstance i find myself 
whatever obstacles before me, no matter how difficult it is, I look at it differently. I look at it as how can I touch the lives of people with Christ? And I would like to challenge you to do the same. I'd like to challenge you today that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what you face, or if you're not facing anything, it's just, man, life is good, and you're enjoying the time in retirement. Or for those that are working, engaging with your co-workers, that you take Paul's example, allow it to encourage you with boldness, to do acts of kindness in the name of Jesus, to encourage and be a good listener to someone who's going through difficulty, to walk with them through that, and through all of that, to tell them what Christ means to you. Change somebody's life. Move outside of yourself and focus upon letting people know about Jesus. Father, thank you for allowing us to follow Paul on this journey. It's a journey that's not easy. And as human beings, like the church at Philippi, we think adverse circumstances might curtail the gospel being preached, and yet Paul tells us no, not for him. And it's an example for us. And I pray that we'll take that example. That today, that God, we, we will choose to say, Lord, in this time of invitation, my response to you to invite me to share the gospel is that I will strive to take every opportunity depending upon the power of your spirit who lives inside of me. And I pray, Father, that those commitments will be made in the pews where we are. For those today that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that today they would say yes. I don't know a lot about Christ, but I want that eternal life. I want to have that inner peace and joy. I want to have His Spirit living inside of me. And I pray that today they would choose to make that decision public. Father, for others within this church family that they've decided today's the day I want to join this body of believers. I want to come and I want to be part of a group that reaches out like with Asante and other churches to, to go into our communities to share Christ as well as take our own responsibility here where we live. So God, is this time of invitation, we ask that you would speak to us and that we would, we would respond as an act of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. I ask you if you would to stand. Let's have our invitation to him. As God leads you, whatever decision you come, even if it's a private decision between you and God, please make it this morning. All to Jesus I
seated. I would certainly appreciate that. Before I turn this over to Nancy, I, I want to make an appeal to you. We're about to form these dinner supper uh, or the dinner fellowship groups and we made a few changes. You have an insert in your bulletin that describes that and has the changes highlighted but uh, we would love for you to say you know what as an individual or as a couple we want to be a part of this. We have changed this because not everybody wants to have dinner. So there are going to be some breakfast groups, there's going to be some lunch groups, there's going to be some dinner groups, and we'll, we'll put you together along those lines, and we'll figure out how that goes. But if you'll sign up, we'll make sure that you get to a group that's going to be better for you. Also, we're going to go just through February uh, through May, a shorter time frame so that uh, you can kind of see how everybody, you know, goes. And through the summertime, we'll be able to kind of reevaluate that. But, you know, the, the beautiful thing about this body of Christ is that... that uh, we have the ability to get to know one another. Whether you're a member or whether you're a regular tender or whether you're a guest, you can be a part of these groups. It's a time for us to get to know people that we just don't know. I bet you there's some folks over on this side don't know some folks over on that side. <laughs> one of the things I love about this church is that everybody's got a story. There was a life before here. And we like to hear those stories because God has done some amazing things. And you've been through some difficult times through life. And what a way to share with people of different ages and, and that we don't normally run around with. But for a period of time, we get to meet them. So I would encourage you and I'd ask you, please, <coughs> sign up in either lobby. Uh, and whether you are, uh, uh, want to do it by yourself or you want to do it as a couple, just sign up. And we're going to get those groups together and, uh, and get this going and look forward people spending time together it'll be a, a blessed time and uh, at least go through it for the first four months if you don't ever want to do it again that's fine you still got to eat somewhere but uh, I'm going to encourage you if you would try to do that okay uh, Nancy on the back side of that insert that tells you about the dinner fellowship groups you will find a listing of six small group topical studies that will begin on Wednesday February 15th and continue for six weeks at 4 p.m. There are nine different sign-ups, both in the small lobby and in the main lobby. In the main lobby, six are on the counter, three are on an added little table over there by the water fountain. But I hope that you will take the time to sign up for one of those small group topical studies. On this Thursday, the grief group begins at one o'clock. If you want to be part of that, uh, Dr. Ron Hornerker will be leading it. Also, the men's breakfast, the fellowship breakfast, will be next Tuesday, not this coming, but the 7th. And you'll see our speaker, or your speaker, will be Casey Boss for that event. So you will need to sign up for that, along with the chili and cornbread potluck on Wednesday 
February the 8th at 4. So one of those nine sign-ups you can indicate if you want to bring chili and or cornbread. The goal for Lottie Moon Christmas offering, we are $1,342 away from meeting that goal. So if you have not given, it is not too late. There are offering envelopes in the pew racks in front of you. Thank you for being such a generous giving church. I'll ask that you stand as one of our newly elected deacons, Jim Brager, comes to lead us in our closing prayer. Join with me in prayer, please. Our dear, precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful morning when we can study your word and learn what you have for us to do. Lord, guide us throughout each day that we leave from this church. Be with us. Build a hedge of protection around us, Lord. But I pray, Father, that we would exemplify your teaching and we would be able to spread your word as Paul was able to spread his word. Thank you, Father, for each one here. Watch over us, protect us, keep us in your hands, Father, as we go throughout each day. And then bring us back again for each event and for next Sunday, Lord. We ask this in your most precious name, the name of Jesus. Amen.